All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I am accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins. And of course, we're back again with another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the God-centered spouse versus the spouse-centered spouse. Yes, and uh, this is a topic that I believe can help a lot of couples and help a lot of people that are looking into getting married because I think this line of thinking can put things into perspective and it removes excuses and it should put you in the field that the it should put you in the mindset that you always got to do what you got to do. Sounds about right. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. So before we get into it, I just want to read some scriptures. These are some uh, scriptures that uh, I think you should think about as we could talk, as we talk about this topic and go in your own personal devotional time and really try to digest what these things are talking about. But the first thing I want to bring up is a uh, second Corinthians seven and one. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And then I want to bring to you Matthew six thirty three. We got, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, Takiyah, with that said, when you first hear about, you know, God-centered spouse versus spouse-centered spouse, what comes to mind? Um, what comes to mind is um, the idea that I know for me personally, I might have had the wrong ideas about marriage and um, why I do the things that I do. Um, hearing those two things makes you, made me question where my focus was. Was I focused more on my spouse or was I focused more on God? And as I started to um, dig into that, I started to learn what you said, basically that I had no excuse as to why um, I wasn't doing the right things in my marriage. Yeah, I think that's a that's good to point out. Um, if you guys haven't picked up already, we're going to be talking about specifically just everything that the Bible calls us to do as husband and wife and removing the reasons why you should not be doing them or why you are not doing them. Removing excuses, because I, you know, I, I repeatedly say. The commands that are laid out in the Old and New Testament are always as unto the Lord. And the way I like to look at it is, you know, it's a cross, right? Up and down is the relationship with God and left and right is your relationship with man. And how you treat man is contingent upon that foundational relationship with the creator. You know, the the horizontal post is pinned or nailed to the, to the uh, vertical post. So, if that relationship with God is not good, is not correct, then it's going to overflow into your relationship with how you treat men. Exactly. And I think um, especially in marriage, um, I, I can only speak from a woman's perspective. And I know for me, one of the things that I constantly find myself getting swept up in, um, especially in the good times, is um, the idea of romance 
And so it ca- it kind of causes you to pull away from certain things that you should be doing spiritually for some people, not all people. Um, but for me, I know that was one of that is one of my struggles, you know, getting caught up in how good things are and being able to do the right thing because my husband deserves it. And then when things go bad, not having that um, the right focus, not having the right center. And so then I'm in my mind challenged with, well, why should I continue to do the right things? And that right there lets you know your focus is probably off. You're probably doing everything for the wrong reason. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Doing everything for the wrong reason. And this can even go to getting married in the first place. I mean, if you ask somebody like us, I'm always going to tell you, like, if you say you want to get married because you love him, you love her, well, God bless you. But (laughs) I don't think that's going to be able to sustain your relationship, especially when the hard times come, because they will come when you get two people. And when I first heard this, it kind of struck me. But it's true. You get two people who struggle with sin. And a lot of times we think they're going to get together and it's going to be all peaches and cream. But no, you get two sinners together, they're going to create what? More sin. <laughs> so it's, it's always a struggle against sin at the end of the day. That's what everything that hurts us is. In God's perfect world before the fall, there was, no, there was none of this pain and agony that is caused by man's sinful nature because we didn't have that nature at the time. So... When it comes to uh, just remembering who you serve, first and foremost, I think that is pivotal to cultivating a successful relationship and developing the habits that are needed to survive and thrive in a successful marriage. Absolutely. Um, and we're we're only going into year three in a couple of days. And um, it's crazy because... You know, even in this short amount of time, I'm just not sure how um, other couples survive without a relationship with God. I know that in, in most of our hard times, as we're looking at each other um, and trying to figure things out, we we hit a dead end. We literally hit a spot where it's like, well, I don't got no wisdom to give. You don't have any wisdom to give. I don't have a solution. You don't have a solution. Um, and and yeah, we love each other, quote unquote. But um, we have no idea how to fix or maintain, even maintain um, everything that that's going on here. So it's the most beautiful moments, I would say, of our marriage were also connected to the lowest moments because those moments literally put us both individually and together in a space where it was like, okay, we need God, like literally, like we need him and we need him now. Um and it's it's been so beautiful to see. Um, it's it's been it's been rough to to live out, especially when you don't you don't come into marriage with the right goal. Um, reading a book called Sacred Marriage, and the man literally said the goal of my marriage is to make God happy, and I struggled with that because it's like that's not why I got married. I got married so I can be happy. We won't. That's true. Uh, yeah, I got married. <laughs> <laughs> I had that idea, but did I really like? Believe it, that really internalized what that actually meant. Um, I mean, when you said that, the first thing that came to my mind is, um, while God's happiness and your happiness do not have to necessarily be mutually exclusive, 
his happiness does come before yours. So there are certain things of the flesh. Well, not certain things. Everything of the flesh mm-hmm. is uh, is contrary to God. Yeah. So I think um, I can't remember exactly where in the Bible, but the Bible generally teaches as far as um, rejoicing in things, finding happiness in things that God finds happiness in. And I think that's one of the uh, core principles or core teachings that um, like the thought, the uh, theology of sanctification is trying to get people to do also. Not only are you trying to set yourself apart and you're trying to uh, become more Christ-like, you should rejoice in this and you should take happiness in this process and you should actually want to do these things because of your relationship with Christ. That that relationship should start to change your heart towards the things of God. Not it should it's the the longer you're in relationship with God, it should be less of a forcing to do certain things. These things should become innate and you should be glad to do these things. Yeah, I mean that's the whole when you really um people refer to themselves as Christians the word, the the big takeaway from that is Christ and to, to become more Christ-like. And um, I would say, honestly, um, even though I'm still pretty young, there is nothing that has uh, challenged me to be more Christ-like like marriage has um, because it really does confront everything about you, everything about the other person. And when you're a spouse and a spouse, you spend so much time trying to make the other person happy. And the flip side of that is also trying to fix the other person. And um, there's a scripture that talks about why you're trying to take the speck out of my eye. There's a plank in yours. And you start to see that unfold in marriage um, as you walk through uh, just daily life with a person, as you're constantly looking at them and seeing all the wrong that they're doing but turning a blind eye to yours, it, it complicates everything. And it's it's literally the opposite of the way God has called us to love. So when you start, when you when you have that spouse-centered spouse mindset, one of the problems is it becomes that that speck and that plank issue where I'm trying to, I'm spending so much time trying to fix you and trying to tell you what you need to do better. And and no time. I'm spending no time with God. I'm spent because I'm frustrated and and I got all this stuff going on inside of me. And then I'm mad at him because you ain't doing right and all and all this other craziness. And then you got unforgiveness. And you got un, you got bitterness and, and and all this stuff is just piling up because you're more you're more focused on the other person versus being focused on God. Yeah, it comes down to are you is the other person your Lord and Savior or is God your Lord and Savior? Because the reason why we do the things we do as Christians is because the Bible has commanded us to do these things. Now, there are certain things that are written on our hearts, but the stuff that is written on our hearts is not enough to sustain a godly relationship. Uh, A lot of the stuff that it requires that is required of you. Is going deeper into God and really tackling those core principles that Jesus Christ teaches that is good to put on a quote, but a lot of times we don't like to actually practice them in our daily lives. And in that case, when you're not practicing those things in your daily lives, especially when you're married, your marriage is going to erode because of that. Um, 
remember, it all comes down to a sin problem. So if sin is the problem, what is the solution to sin? It is definitely not the thoughts of in uh, thoughts and desires of man. The Bible says that man is wicked. No man is good. And if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap things of the spirit and eternal life. So that's what we have to do. This Christ centered versus um, this God centered versus spouse centered um, ideology. Uh, it really reaches to the core of Christianity, I believe, because in those situations, who ultimately, who do you serve? And when you look at it, a, a, a spouse centered um, point of view, it really leaves in built in um, excuses, built in ways out, because if your spouse is not doing something, then you will have a reason not to do something also. If your spouse is not treating you right, you will have a reason not to treat them right also. But none of the things that God says do is contingent upon the behavior of your spouse. I mean, the last time something was contingent upon our behavior, we were all doomed to uh, to death and hell. Fire and brimstone. The law makes nothing perfect. But Jesus Christ, the perfecter of our faith. Has the ability to save, but yet we refuse to lean into Jesus, lean on him, not on our own abilities. And when we do that, I mean, you get divorced. Of course, you just get sin in the world, period. And and that's uh, I think that's the root cause. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that I, I started to say when I was in college was that marriage is ministry. No idea the fullness of of what that meant, but man, I heard that all the time, and yeah. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, and it's it's what I'm starting to see now is I think I kind of saw marriage as ministry, meaning me and my husband were going to do ministry together. And um, although we do do that, what I'm what I'm finding um is that we we minister to each other, and any minister, any good minister, um, has to have a source. And if I'm ministering to my spouse. The source cannot be my spouse. It has to be God. So that's another if if that's if that's one of the ways that you want to see it. Um, it, it really helped me to understand that not only were me and my husband going to do ministry outside of the home, but the most important ministry we were going to do was going to be in our home. And if we were going to minister, like when we go out, we take all this preparation. You know, if I got to preach, um, you know, I'm praying, I'm in my word, you know, I'm, I'm preparing to to minister to people. And I, and I want everything that I say and everything that I do to be because God said do it. So it's the same energy with my marriage um, as I'm preparing to minister to my husband. And he's preparing to minister to me. I need to take that same um, my. I need to have that same mindset. I, I need to be as careful with him as I would be standing in front of a bunch of people getting ready to minister a word. And um, I always joke that for my wedding, I wanted to wear a black dress because I felt like uh, getting married was was signing up for death. And now I'm realizing that it's it's actually true. Um, death to self. So if I'm gonna minister. Whenever I'm preparing to minister, uh, I like to fast or like when I'm when I'm when I'm preparing to preach, you know, there's a lot of death to Takia that happens before I go and speak to a bunch of people. Well, and 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 then I'm not a pastor, so it's every now and again. Well, when you get married, you're preparing to minister every day. 
So that means there has to be a daily dying to yourself. There has to be a daily sacrifice because if it's not, then you start, it's it's almost like a preacher who gets up and starts talking about his feelings and, and how he feels. And, and, and if we were to be led, you, nobody would sit under a pastor. Well, some people would, but um, hey, not on that. Okay. <laughs> most people wouldn't sit under a pastor who was not preaching the word. Um, and, and it would cause a breakdown in the church, you know, it'd be a bunch of fighting. It's the same way in marriage. If I'm not sitting under the word, if I'm not continuously seeking God through prayer and through fasting and just having my time with him, then that ministry that is my marriage begins to get torn apart. And of course it's not what we want. So we, I I would say, coming into marriage with the right mindset. Like we, like I said, we had these fancy slogans, you know, marriage is ministry and, and uh, we want to make God happy, but living that out every day, cause you don't get a break. You don't get a break. Even pastors, you know, they kind of get a break. They preach on Sundays. They have Bible study on Wednesdays. And then there's breaks in between when you're married. It's every day, all day. Everything has to, and it's, it's not saying that you got to be perfect, but you want to confront everything um, with, with a stable mind, you want to confront everything the right way. You want to do it the right way, not perfect, but you want to do it the right way. So all of your interactions, that means when you're together and when you're not together, literally marriage is, is, is signing up to do something that number one, you have to realize you can't do on your own. And I think that was the hardest thing for um, me because I thought, you know, I hadn't done all this stuff. I know how to do marriage. I know how to do it. And it's, um, y'all hear Aubrey in the background, but, um, it, it came to a place where I was like, okay, I really have to accept the fact that if I want to be successful in marriage, then I have to continuously daily tell God, be humble and tell God, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it, and, and, and then I have to be, um, committed to seeking him. Because if I don't know what I'm doing and I need instruction for him, then so that the first thing that it opens the door for is prayer. The second thing that it opens the door for is for me to be a student of my word. If I don't know what I'm doing, but he has a Bible with 66 books that that tells me lays it out plainly what I need to be doing, then that's probably where my head should be. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to find answers in every place but the place that has the answer. Exactly. Ultimately, we must return to the father and follow in his footsteps. And that will be that will be the ultimate guider of how our relationship should go. I mean, marriage was created by God. So it is only apropos that we go to God for the steps on how to succeed in marriage. And the same way you succeed in marriage is the same way you succeed in your Christian walk. All those principles, love, patience, kindness, forgiveness, all these core things, core attributes that Christians are supposed to employ in their daily lives. That is the exact same thing you have to do to your spouse. And the thing is, this is regardless of how your spouse is acting. All these things are as unto the Lord. Ephesians 5, as unto the Lord. First Peter 3, as unto the Lord. Colossians, as unto the Lord. All throughout the Bible, no matter what you do, whether it's specifically tailored towards the family or it's just in general with your Christian walk, it is all as unto the Lord. The post 
the horizontal post, as I said, which is a relationship with man, is, excuse me, it is nailed on the vertical post, which is your relationship with God. If that relationship with God is good, then the relationship with man will ultimately fall into place. We have to put our priorities in their proper place. And your number one priority in this life is your relationship with Christ, becoming more Christ-like and following the uh, commandments and laws of the Holy Scripture. Yeah, and I think um, when you said, you know, do everything is unto the Lord, I think it's the easiest to get tripped up with that in marriage because there are times in your marriage where even though you're doing it as unto the Lord, it's very easy for you to do it because your spouse is doing everything they need to do. Um, it's, it's very easy on days when everything is good. Nobody's fussing, nobody's arguing. And so you kind of get lost in that. Sometimes you kind of get lost in the good times. Um, the fact that even though I'm still doing it as unto the Lord, it's easier for me to do it because I think you deserve it. And that calls the question. I know for me, um, I think marriage really reintroduced me to the story of, um, of, of Jesus Christ, of, of everything when it came to Christianity, because, um, as I struggled to, um, do the right things in marriage, I, I had to ask myself, did I really understand if I'm going by what my husband deserves, um, and what I deserve, do I really understand my position? Do I really understand all that the Bible was saying about me and my sin and how Jesus had to die? I don't deserve anything. Um, we, we don't deserve anything on our own. So it really called me to have to go back and really look at if it wasn't for Christ, then, I mean, I wouldn't have a future. We would all be con condemned to hell if it wasn't for Christ. So I have to do, I have to have that same mindset with everyone. I can't have this mindset of, oh, you treated me right. So you deserve, um, it's the wrong mindset. Whether you treat me right or whether you treat me wrong, I'm doing this as unto God. So it does, um, like my husband said, it does take away the excuses that we have. Um, now, does it take does it take a little minute? Like that doesn't mean just because we understand this, that doesn't mean that every day in marriage is perfect. Um, even when you have the mindset that I'm doing this as unto God, it's still it's something you have to remind yourself of. It's something you have to constantly keep in check no matter what. Yeah, so that that's a a perfect segue into like how did this how do you walk this out practically? And of course, you know, if you didn't already know, the first thing we was going to say is you have to constantly wash your mind with the reading of the word on a daily basis. As much as you can. You got to get in those scriptures and continuously sanctify yourself before the Lord so that your spouse can benefit from this relationship. Your spouse is a beneficiary of the relationship that you have with Christ. That's ultimately how you have to look at it. Christ is the rock that your, that your relationship is built upon. You don't want to build it on sand. You don't want to build it on man's ideas. You build it on something that is never changing. And you build it on something that is solid and proven to work. Exactly. And I think one thing that um, people, people have to do that's... Um, practical is to humble yourself. You have to admit that without God, you're nothing. And that might seem small, 
But there have been so many moments, especially in my marriage, where I thought the book had an answer. I thought the um, I thought people had the answer. And that's not to say that books and people don't help. But I was committed to just going out and searching in the earth and finding it on my own instead of saying, God, I need you to lead me to the right books. I need you to lead me to the right people. I need you to speak to me and I need you to speak to my husband. But that took humility because I had to admit that I have no idea um, what I'm doing. I don't know how to get through this. I want to get through this. You know, I want my marriage to be successful, but I don't, I just, I simply don't have the tools. I simply don't have the knowledge. And, and for some people, that's a really hard place. And that's why, that's why some marriages get so bad because people are, they refuse to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and they refuse to say it to God and even, even saying it to your spouse. Like, I think we've, we've kind of, um, gotten into the space now where it's like, look, I'll shoot. I don't even know how to handle this. Like being able to admit that to your spouse, like, look, I, I, I haven't the slightest idea, especially if you're like, um, and I think that's probably harder for my husband it, it, because you have a, a, I'm a solution centered spouse. So it's like, I'm always looking for a solution. So I'm always looking for him to have something practical for us to do. So it's probably harder for him to just simply say, look, I don't know what to do. Cause I think she's going to be mad at me if I, if I say that. So I gotta, I gotta just, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta come up with something cause that's, and that's me. Um, that really is me. I am a I am a solution centered person, but I like to skip steps. Um, and I think that's that was one of the biggest things when it came to being me me really seeing myself as a spouse centered spouse. I kept looking to him for answers. And here's the thing: um, if if a person you're looking to the person, um, another person for answers, and and they've been married just as long as you. How they going to know? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. And that's why there's this there's this uh, three chord, this three chords in marriage, you, your spouse and God. You need somebody that, that lives outside of time, that lives outside of where you all are, that understands any and everything to really help you get through. Yeah, that's definitely true. Hold on. All right, guys, we're back. Sorry about that. You know, Aubrey want to get her two cents in. So I know y'all hearing her in the background, but she ain't going nowhere. It's the Atkins Family Podcast. Uh, <laughs> so where were we again? Talking about what well, I was saying, just how um, you got to humble yourself. And oh, really yeah. Admit that you don't know what to do. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And humility works both ways um, as far as both spouses have to be involved in this process. Now, what I will say is it works best when both spouses are involved in this process. But the Bible states, even if one spouse is not doing everything they should be doing to the point where they're just completely a non-believer, if they're willing to stay with you, you got to stay with them. So that just tells me that if one spouse is still committed to God, the marriage can ultimately work for its true, its true purpose, which is to glorify God. That is the true purpose of everything that God instituted. That's the common theme among everything. Does this glorify God? So with that said, the humility part, yeah, I think humility also plays a point in understanding that 
you're flawed, just as flawed as your spouse is. So if you feel like you're in, in any moral high ground to judge your spouse, for lack of a better word, then you need to release all that pride that is lying within you. Humble yourself and understand that you're just in as in a depraved position as your spouse is, no matter what they've done, because the ground at the foot of the cross is even. And we all are sinners in need of a savior. Some people struggle with this sin. Other people struggle with that one. And us as humans, we have put certain sins, certain transgressions, transgressions on a pedestal. And we have pushed other ones to the side as those are menial and not important. Hmm. This is worse than that. That type of thinking can destroy a marriage because that will have one person thinking that they're better than the other. And that that somebody is indebted to someone or somebody is uh, in a moral high ground to the other person. You could it could cause someone to become bitter. It could cause someone to uh, lack the ability to forgive because they believe forgiveness is contingent upon one's behavior and one's uh, um, uh, how should I say this deservingness of forgiveness. Hmm. All these ideologies are problematic when it comes to marriage because they go against the very thing that Jesus teaches. And that, as my friend, as I said before, it comes back to a sin problem. We all struggle with sin and uh, not following the Bible is sin. So things things of this nature as far as, you know, not forgiving, not being loving not doing what God told you to do because think about it like this. I'm not going to do what God told me to do because my wife treated me wrong. God, like what that God do with me? <laughs> Jesus died on the Christ for our sins. That y'all treated me. Y'all treated me wrong. I died for the very people that killed me. <laughs> so I'm not trying to hear. I'm not trying to hear no excuses. Think about it like that from God's perspective. It don't matter what you, it don't matter what y'all did. What did I say? You ever had anybody that grew up in a house with an authoritative father? Well, what I say? Or somebody <laughs> mom? What I say? <laughs> you know, you go out, you go outside, Jimmy and his friends doing whatever. You come home, ask your mom, can you do the exact same thing? She say no. And then you like, well, Jimmy parents like, Jimmy don't live in this household. <laughs> Jimmy, not your mama. Same thing when it comes <laughs> to the way you approach scripture. Nothing else matters except what God said. If God said it, then we must follow it. Remember, following the scriptures is worship. So, One can argue that if you just refuse to follow the scriptures and you really, really have a hard time put grasping these concepts, you have a worship problem. Because, yeah, you can sing and dance, but can you walk the walk, though? That's the hardest thing to do. Actually getting out here and listening what listening to what Jesus Christ taught and then you start actually doing it. You like, ooh. This is a whole nother beast. <laughs> I think um, just to piggyback off of what you were saying, 
uh, and take a take a turn. Marriage is not um, displayed correctly. We don't come into marriage like a, like I said, um, thinking about God. We come into marriage thinking about ourselves, and that's why it's so hard to wrap your mind around what you said about you know what. But what did God say? Even when your spouse is doing something wrong, what did God say? And I think one of the places where we have failed to prepare couples for marriage is we spend so much time. I'm not going to say you don't need to do this um, because you do, but we spend the bulk of our time preparing a couple to get married by trying to figure out how compatible they are, trying to figure out. Um, what I, what, what things line up and what things don't, we don't spend a lot of time on how's your relationship with God? How do you feel about the word? How often are you in the word? Because if you start asking questions, some people will let you know right off the bat, whether their marriage is going to last or not. Cause they'll say, yeah, I, I read the word. Like, you know, when the pastor say the scripture on Sunday, that's, that's when I read the word or they'll say like, oh, I read, you know, like once a year, that, that's, that's not going to work. It's, 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 it's really, really not. So instead of spending all this time on the other person, I think we're setting, we're setting people up to be a, a spouse centered spouse. We're, we're setting people up to believe that your marriage will succeed if the other person is treating you right. If the other person is um, compatible with you. So I would say, you know, that's where we've kind of failed when it comes to preparing couples for marriage. We set them up with the mindset that the success of your marriage is dependent upon your spouse when in actuality it's not. The success of your marriage is dependent upon your relationship with God and your willingness to follow his word, even when it doesn't make any sense at all. Now, is it a struggle? Absolutely. I mean, even Jesus struggled with the will of the father for his life. So it doesn't make you any less Christian. If you're looking at the word or you're looking at what God has called you to do as a spouse and saying, look, ain't, ain't there like another way? Like Jesus said that like three times. Is it another way? Cause it's a struggle when you really look at what, what God calls us to do is, is hard. And it, it goes against our very nature as, as sinners, as humans, so that's something that that needs to be talked about as well. I feel like we're failing other couples um, by our lack of our lack of understanding of what marriage is. And then when we understand our lack of going back and telling people what it really is. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I'm going to keep going back to this. I think this is the best way I can explain it. Your relationship with other People is dependent upon your relationship with Christ. If we are truly born again Christians, repentant of our sins, and we are trying to walk out this daily walk with Christ, and we are forever being sanctified through the reading of the scriptures and the work of the Holy Spirit, these relationships we have on earth will be much better, even if it is a one-sided relationship as far as one person is following the scriptures and the other person is not. That is still better than no one following anything, <laughs> okay? Now, let's go to what, what it looks like when both people are doing what they are supposed to be doing. I believe you have this cyclical relationship 
of the husband called to love and sacrifice is constantly loving and sacrificing and putting his wife first. And the wife will be constantly submitting and being the best helpmate she can be to her husband. And it just goes round and round and round and round. And it's a perfect union. That mysterious union of two becoming one. That is what it's like in a perfect world. If both people, both parties are doing what they are called to do. But when one is not doing something, yes, it may make it harder because we are humans and we came into the relationship with some idea that, oh, wait, uh, nah, they, they ain't right. I don't know this. I can't do this. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> if you, if your wife acting up, you are still called to love, sacrifice, pray for the whole nine. If your husband acting up, acting up, you are still called to be submissive. You are still called to sanctify your house as best as you can with an unruly husband. <laughs> you are still called to all those things. Because through your dedication to Christ, that person might be saved. See, y'all, look, that's, that's man. Now we really getting into it. Let's say your spouse act up for 50 years. And on the 51st year, they get saved and have a true repentance and coming to the Lord. And they say, your walk with Christ for these last 50 years is the uh, number two reason why I got saved because of course the number one reason is through the work of the Holy Spirit and God changing their hearts but he worked through someone like he like like that person said he saw you doing it this entire time and that really that really made me change up and get right when I'm 92 before I'm about to die but it's a genuine repentance okay was it worth it you just saved somebody from hell. That's all I know. Like you, you just some somebody's soul is, is saved because of what you did. And that sounds horrible. Like I, I honestly, the truth is I couldn't imagine, but you got to think about it. If we're called to be Christ, like Christ died for the entire world, for everybody, every single soul. For that Roman soldier who stuck him in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> he died for him too. That he might be saved. And and some people still won't accept it. So so it's it's almost like Christ gave a gift to everybody. Some people accepted the gift, unwrapped it, dug into it, loved it. Some people threw it back in his face and spit on him. They didn't just, you know, they didn't just give it back politely. You know, they they gave the gift back in. They gave some some they gave him some disrespect as well. Um, it's is it if we're called to be like Christ, and I think that's the thing, man. We think when we get saved that our story's supposed to be great, you know, and and it, and it'll it'll be free from hardship, and that's just it's simply not the case. So when you think about um, when you think about marriage, marriage is supposed to mirror the relationship that Christ had with the church, mm -hmm. um, the husband being uh, that Christ figure and then, and, and the wife being the church. It, that's, 
He died. Like he gave his life. And I think, you know, we spend so much time. I'm a Christian. You know, I believe in God and I'm going to heaven. And um, it doesn't make me a. Uh, I think I used to feel like I was just uh, a person who focused on the negative, but I was always just so consumed with really taking in the fact that he died for everybody, for people who would do him dirty, for people who would try and fail. I mean, he still went to the cross for us. You know, he didn't have to do that. He he literally came out of, stepped out of, out of eternity, came down, you know, all, all the stuff he had to do for us, live in this world. That's full of sin. That's that goes completely against his nature, everything that he is. Um, he did it for us. And when you think about marriage, marriage is supposed to retell that story. So um we we kind of get caught up in this um, well, her story looked better than my story, or his story looked better than my story. I wouldn't want to spend 50 years, you know, uh living this out, and then he finally gets saved. That's a long time. I could be out here being happy. And I think that word gets tossed around way, mm. way too much. Well, step up some toes. Go that ahead. You can't, if we live in to be happy, you're not a Christian. I'm sorry. It's, it's, Christians are, are called to one H word. And that word is holy. Holy, holy, now, holy. Really? <laughs> now, are there some happy moments? When you're when you're living out this this holy walk, yeah. But is the entire journey a journey where you're happy the whole time? Absolutely not. No, it's 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 just not. So, um, in preparation and, and even while you're married, because some people are married, you know, and they're trying to figure things out, they're trying to turn things around. It starts with you. Like, and I and I think whether you're the wife or you're the husband, if you a spouse. It starts with you doing your part, doing because um, as my husband said, you know the the man is called to 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 die for his wife, and then the wife is called to submit. So each one of you has a role. Each one of you has a part to play. So it starts with you, number one, figuring out what your role is, because I think that's why a lot of marriages fell too. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. It's like showing up to a job and they say, all right, get to work. And you like, what work? What am I supposed to be doing? Right. And nobody explains anything to you. And you just sitting like, you don't even know how long you got to stay here. Like you just, you confused. And I think that's, that's the way a lot of us get into marriage. We have no idea what our role and responsibility is. And we're looking at the other person and, and it's like, you want them to tell you what the role is. Well, they, they didn't even create it. They didn't create marriage. You got to go to the creator. You got to go to the one who gave you the job of being a wife, who gave you the job of being a husband and ask, what is it that you want me to do? And you can have, you know, people, people, it's, it's two sides to it. Because even when you got two people who are trying to walk it out, that's not easy either, because guess what? They still, both of them still have a sin problem. So they still hitting roadblocks. I mean, some days, you know, both of us are like, yeah, we love God. We're trying to do this thing for God. And then some days one of us is like, you do whatever you want. I'm going to be over here doing what I want to do. I don't care what you do. Exactly. Just get on my face. Literally. 
<laughs> so, so you, I mean, there's challenges in, in either side, but it, it comes to a place where you really just got to make up your mind. Who are you going to be focused on? Who and what are you doing this for? Hey, who you going to serve? As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And sometimes people just need to see that example. Yep. Hey, I'll leave you with this. Ultimately, it's not about you. Hmm. That, that selfless nature that Christ had, we must embody that in our daily lives, especially in marriage. Ultimately, it's not about you. And I pray that uh, that and in in marriages all around the world that that people understand that that people get that and that people are able to walk this thing out. It's rough. Um, it's it's a hard pill to swallow. It's even harder when you got to do it every single day. You got to you got to wake up and realize, you know, number one, you got to debunk the lie that was told to you that it is about you. I deserve. I need, I want. Now, is it is it wrong to to say those things? No. Is it is it wrong to request certain things from your spouse? No, it's not. Um, but ultimately, whether you get what you need, whether you get what you deserve, it's not about you. Simple. Hey, I say this, and we talking about what you want and need. What you really need, God has laid out. In the Bible for each spouse to give the other spouse. Uh, we just got to follow it. So once both people begin to get in right relationship with Christ and take their focuses off each other and focus on Christ, the very things that we want and need will begin to trickle down because the true way to get those things, we're actually doing it. And that is through following the word of our Lord and Savior. And that's it. That's it. All right. Got anything else? Nope. Okay, guys. Y'all know the ending. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins. And I was accompanied by my lovely wife. Takia Atkins. And this was another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. We'll see you next time, folks.